I've come to talk with you again Because a vision softly creeping Left its seeds while I was sleeping And the vision that was planted in my brain Still remains within the sound of silence Welcome in to Coast to Coast, ladies and gentlemen. It is a sad, sad Tuesday. <sighs> sad. Um, typically, here. typically we're uh, a lot more cheerful and excited for these uh, episodes, but Xander Mizzou is still winless. Yeah, it, it was a absolutely terrible, terrible weekend. I mean, I was going into this weekend just thinking, you know what? We're playing Vanderbilt. Things might finally change, like for good. And maybe we can finally watch a win, but that's not what happened <laughs> yeah, at all. Yeah, that, that did not happen at all. We'll, I'm going to preview the show for you just real quick. Uh, we'll talk Mizzou basketball for a little bit, get into some college basketball, go around the NBA, see what's going on there, talk a little senior bowl and college football, and we got a mock draft, so we'll take a look at that. And then we're going to talk NFL, and then the big thing today, Xander, is Super Bowl. Super Bowl Coming up this Sunday. I can't believe a, it's already here. I oh, know. I'm, I'm really excited about the Super Bowl. It should be a fun game this weekend, and so we'll get into all of that uh, in a little bit more later. But we're going to get back into good old, uh, <sighs> good old, good old Missouri. Yeah, <laughs> yeah play it again. Play it again. This, this is how I'm really feeling, honestly, right now. I've come to talk with you again. Because a vision softly creeping. Yeah, the vision of us winning is not <laughs> is not is not there at the moment. There, there, there is no vision. There straight up is no vision. It, it's just loss after loss, and I, I, I don't know. I don't know if my little heart can take this anymore. <laughs> I, hey, you're better than me, man. You're you're attempting to go to the game tomorrow night. I'm not I, even trying. I am. And, I'm and, done. And and honestly, I it's straight up because. The giveaways, man. These giveaways they've been well, they giving out during giveaways. the games are absolutely fantastic. I saw fantastic. the Hawaiian shirt. I love it. I really wish I could go to get it. But, you know, yeah. i got some other things going on. It's but unfortunate. Let, but let's go into the uh, Arkansas game this weekend. The, we previewed the Arkansas game. Uh, I think that was a Wednesday night game? Correct. It was yeah, a, so a the Wednesday, Wednesday night like 7.30. Yeah, so it was a 7.30 Wednesday night game. Uh, we previewed it Ugh. last Tuesday. Uh, Mizzou would end up falling to the Razorbacks, ninety-one, eighty-four. It was forty-seven to twenty-eight at halftime. I I have absolutely no reaction to this game. I mean, I was stunned. Not only was I stunned, but I couldn't believe in the first half we were down almost twenty points against Arkansas, and not even not even trying to like dog on Arkansas here. They were the third worst team in our entire conference, and had only won. One conference game, one conference game, and they beat us. Yeah, they did, and yeah, the the leading scorer for Mizzou was Tamar Bates. He had twenty nine, but the the next highest scorer was Sean East. He only had eleven. Yeah, you know, Sean East has actually been turning it up. Uh, I mean, not really turning up per se, but uh, he again, as we know, he has basically been our top scorer. Um, most of the time, and uh, the fact of the matter is, it's it's mostly just been 
Tamar Bates. I mean, Tamar Bates has literally been kind of carrying this offense, and it, it kind of showed again in this game. And you know, when you when Sean East can't really perform up to what his normal standards were, which was, you know, uh, sometimes to have good like seventeen point games and uh, you know maybe a twenty point game here and there, but uh, not not a lot of offensive production in this game. And not only that, but let's be real, no one had any offensive production. The defense was just god awful to watch it was god awful i mean i want to i want to point this out Senator, arkansas had four players on their team that did not score they had zero points everybody on in the box score from mizzou scored and you still lost because and this is why i think they lost how many total rebounds did arkansas have 35 how many did mizzou have 26 how many total turnovers did arkansas have 15 how many did Mizzou have? 18. You were worse than them in rebounding and turnovers. That's going to kill you every time, and we keep saying it every single week after every game. Hey, you got to rebound. You got to box out. You can't turn the ball over. Yeah, um, it's it, it, it's rough, and it's basically been kind of the story all game for, all, I mean, all season for Mizzou is the rebounds and the turnovers are just continue to be a problem, and uh, not only that, but just the sincere of the sincere, you know, um, not, not not really pa- patience, I guess. The like, no, nobody, everyone has been patient to see this team win, and they just they can never deliver. And it, it's just it's just so rough watching. I mean, let me tell you, many fans in the student section, including someone in the studio right now, literally left at halftime. I did leave at halftime. That is correct. I was very upset with the team, and I I just couldn't get myself to watch the rest of that. Mizzou would end up shooting 50% from three. They shot 90.9% from the free throw line, but they only shot 45% from the field, so they're only making 45% of their shots, and that's that's a problem right there. But like I said, uh, 91-84, Mizzou would fall to Arkansas last Wednesday. They would... Fall to eight and thirteen and zero and eight in conference play, and now let's switch over <laughs> to their trip to Nashville. But this is the game where I thought everything was finally going to turn. I mean, a five and fifteen Vanderbilt team we were playing had only won five games, and those five games were literally non-conference matches. Yeah, these two teams were combined zero and fifteen in January, all in the SEC. Uh, going into the game. Mizzou was eight and thirteen, zero and eight in conference play. Uh, Vanderbilt was five and fifteen, uh, one and uh, zero and seven in conference play. Now they're one and seven with the win. They won sixty-eight, sixty-one. It was thirty-two, twenty-nine at halftime. Vanderbilt was up, um, and it was it sucked. It, it, was, it was bad. It, 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 exactly. Um, just just the sincere. Um, just, 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 it feels like there's no, there's not really a fight in this team. I mean, and they were up 20 to nine, 20 to nine. Think about that. Xander. Any other game, I think a 20 to nine lead would have already kind of made the game in favor of Mizzou or anyone else. Here you go. Mizzou versus Vanderbilt. We're going to compare these stats real quick. Uh, from the field, Vanderbilt shot 40%. Mizzou, Mizzou shot 37. From three, Vanderbilt shot 22% from three. 
Mizzou shot 26 from from the free throw line. Mizzou was 90.9%, so they're hitting free throws. They only missed one. The person to miss one free throw was Noah Carter. Vanderbilt shot 75% from the field, or from the free throw line. How many rebounds did Mizzou have? 31. How many did Vanderbilt have? 42. It's the rebound game. It's they didn't just turn, I mean, the rebound game. Vanderbilt turned the ball over two more times than Mizzou did, but, I mean, and the other thing was personal fouls. Uh, Mizzou had 19 personal fouls, and Vanderbilt had 12. I mean, it goes back again. Once again, rebound the basketball. Y- yeah. You have to rebound the ball. Yeah, just just rebound. Vanderbilt had 16 offensive rebounds. Mizzou had 10. Yeah, you know, um, one thing I also kind of wanted to mention is the fact how I think Dennis Gates has finally gotten over uh, the Connor Vanover situation, and lots yeah, of people. Have, yeah, I mean, honestly, he really he really should. I think it's we're at a time moment in time where we just realize that this guy is just not it, and he, he, it's crazy. A seven foot center can't even get a freaking rebound <laughs> seven five and you can't box out you can't box out and get a rebound i mean just it, it, like just looking it's, at the stats like it looking at the stats just messes with my head and every single game it's always the same we always shoot about 37 percent and vanderbilt didn't even shoot any better than us no they didn't so, and it was just a lack of missed shots terrible defense and a lack of offensive rebounds. Yeah, that's, that's that was the entire story for the whole night. Uh, Mizzou would get close a few times, and I remember you and I were texting each other, and we're like, oh my gosh, is this it? Are we finally going to do it? Are we finally going to win? And then they'd not get three rebounds, and Vanderbilt would go back up. Looks like you won something there. So, yeah, I did my test guy. You know, uh, it's... <laughs> It's there, bad. There's, there's no words. I mean, there's literally no words. I can't even say anything anymore. Um, I, I, I'm telling I, you, that, that that representation right there is perfect. Uh, an ad on from ESPN interrupting my, my spiel. <laughs> it, it just shows you that nobody wants to hear about Mizzou basketball anymore. They're so tired of it. I, I mean, and it's just it, – I can't ever see this season getting any better. And, you know, we got, we got some uh, – the upcoming, best thing to happen games. is if you win a game. I mean, that that's how bad it has gotten this year. You you know, at the beginning of the season, we thought, okay, what's the worst thing that can happen? We lose a few games and we get bounced out of the SEC tournament. Now, and what was the best thing that can happen? We make the Final Four because that's the expectations we had going in from last year. This, this season now, it's literally become, okay, uh, let's win one game. <laughs> Let's not worry about the SEC tournament. <laughs> Let's win a game in SEC play because we're already the most embarrassing school in the SEC in basketball right now. Can we just win one game? It, and one game is literally all it takes. I just want one. I mean, I just want one. I don't even want to win anything. I don't want to go to the NIT. I don't want anything like that. I literally just want to win one SEC game so I can talk as much crap as I want to any school that the worst team in the SEC beat you in basketball. Oh, trust me. Let me tell you, the memes are starting to build up, and I have a really funny Nick Honor one on my phone that I, I've been tr- trying to use in the past, but uh, fortunately, I thought the Vanderbilt game was going to be the first game I would be able to use it. But unfortunately, that uh, is going to have to wait. Yeah, that, uh, that did not happen at all. But Mizzou loses. They go, they're down to 8-14, and 0-9 oh and in conference play. 
And now we're going to move on to the Texas A&M game, which is tomorrow night. Yep, Texas A&M tomorrow. I believe it's a uh, even later tip on. That's an eight o'clock eight tip. o'clock game. That 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 time right there basically just shows you how much ESPN just does not care for. Um, but uh, we don't even care. Point. We don't even care. At this <laughs> we point don't too. even care about Mizzou basketball I mean, at this point. So <laughs> it, it, I, I mean, we care enough because we're talking about it, of course. But it's rough to even think about. I know you said you'll be there, so. Of course I'll be there. We'll talk about it next next Tuesday when we break down how this game went and what happens over the weekend for Mizzou. But I'm not looking forward to it. Uh, I, I, Texas A&M is projected to win. Uh, they're 66.7 percent favorites. Uh, I think the only reason that we're only that we're it's not higher is because Mizzou likes to put up a fight and then they'll basically shoot themselves in the foot, and that's how they lose. Yeah, and, you know, the other thing is maybe I, – I mean, I don't even know if I can say home court advantage at this point because I think Mizzou doesn't even have home court advantage we at did. all. We did. We don't have any I more, mean, especially after that Arkansas game. After that Arkansas game, the entire, like, community, Mizzou community just completely – that was the game everyone gave up. Yeah, what's funny is that both – if you look at the stats for both teams, is they're very similar. It's just – it's – Completely night and day on these, if you look at the last five games. Last five games for Texas A&M, they lost to Arkansas, they beat LSU, they beat Mizzou, they lost to Ole Miss, and they just came, They just beat Florida on a come-from-behind win. And then there's us playing all the teams they've played and losing to all of them. Yeah, it, it's just, it's really embarrassing just to even look at this. And, uh, you know, i got to ask you, ask you a question, Trey. Yeah. How are you even feeling for next season, pretty much? I mean, I know we should just kind of focus and kind of just just see how the rest of the season comes, up, uh, you know, plays out. But yeah. how are you honestly feeling about Dennis Gates' ability for next year? I mean, we got these new recruits coming in, and we're like number four in the recruiting class. And you know, we'll, we hopefully we'll have Tamar Bates next year as well, kind of helping that, and, and with the uh, freshman Anthony Robinson. But how do you honestly feel right now for next season? Well. <laughs> I don't know how to feel. I think it's still a little too early to really start thinking about next year. If I had to think about next year, you know, I trust Dennis Gates. I think he's a great coach. I think he just doesn't have the players in the right mindset right now, and I think that's the issue. Uh, these players, they want to win, but they're struggling to keep focused and keep playing hard in the game. But, but what's interesting is that they work hard they hustle all game long but they don't do the simple things and if they can really wrap in on the simple things and they're gonna they they should be able to win a game here i mean i'm looking back at the stats from the last time they played texas a&m which was earlier in uh, late january and it was at texas a&m and if you look at the team stats texas a&m only shot 28 percent from the field Mizzou shot thirty eight, so you shot better than them from the field. Oh yeah, I I definitely and I definitely remember that game because yeah. I was in this very studio, uh, on the call for that game. Um, it, it was just, I mean, that that's the thing. It 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 would take it just takes one game like that. If the uh, if the Aggies were able to do that again and shoot twenty eight percent, and if the rebounds were finally going Mizzou's game, uh, Mizzou's way one day. And if they were finally able to knock down more shots or clutch shots, 
uh, then the Aggies are not fouling as much because in that game they fouled them, and they think they were at like the free throw line like 25 times or something like that. It was crazy. Yeah, I mean, Mizzou was up 13-4 to at one point, and then it just spiraled downward from there. Uh, I wanted to go back to the stats for a second. I wanted to kind of point something out. Uh, I mentioned how Mizzou shot better than Texas A&M from the field. They also shot better from three, but they got out-rebounded, and they turned the ball over more. It's the same thing every single game, and it's so annoying that I have to continue to repeat myself every single week at every game. Hey, make sure you rebound. Hey, make sure you keep you have good ball security because you're turning it over and you can't hold on to the basketball. You're giving them second-chance points. You're giving them fast-break opportunities. It's it's elementary and rec ball stuff that <laughs> you would be taught at an early age that they should not have to worry about right now. It should not be a problem. No, it, it really shouldn't be a problem, and yet it still continues to be a problem. It's almost like what they're doing is they're not even taking two steps forward. They're literally just moving backwards. They're on a lazy river, and they are floating backwards. <laughs> faster than a typical lazy river it's absolutely ridiculous and it it leaves me with absolutely no hope no words and just complete like torment Uh, it is it is so bad i can i can keep going on about all day about how bad this team is but it it is this season has really just exploded in our faces and not and not in like a, a good sense, more in the, uh, uh, well, shoot sense. Well, Xander, I ask you this. Will Mizzou ever win a game this season? That's a, oh, that's a little, a little bit of a predicament. Um, because if you look at the schedule, they've got Texas A&M tomorrow night. They've got Mississippi State this weekend. Then they get a week off, and then they play at Old Miss. Then they got Tennessee. They've got... They, then they go to Arkansas, to Florida, Old Miss at home, Auburn at home, at LSU. Yeah, I'm looking at every single game here, and I'm I'm not seeing anything that's gonna go Mizzou's way at all. I mean, I guess it will be kind of cool that you know Tennessee's coming here on November 20th. You know, top top five, uh, top ten team yeah. coming into the building, but. So I'm next have, to, you're, I'm, you're good. Yeah, I mean, I just for that game, honestly, I just have absolutely no hope. I mean, they we're gonna go in there. I might show up, and then we could be down thirty at half, and it could be over. So, yeah, I mean, I guess your next best hope is the Mississippi State game because they're lower in the rankings, I, and if not that, then the Arkansas game at Arkansas, if you can catch them on a down game at home. You know, honestly. Again, I actually do see the uh, Texas A&M game being Tomorrow a, night? I, I could honestly see it. I mean, listen, if Texas A&M shoots the same way they did in their first game and we limit the turnovers, like I say almost every week, limit the turnovers, maybe may, they may not win the rebounds uh, rebound game, but if they get just a bit more offensive rebounds, I legitimately do think that maybe, just maybe, Mizzou could finally have their first win. But 
yeah, if, if, if we do lose on Wednesday, I would say that the Mississippi State game would probably be our next closest thing. And then third closest would be Arkansas, but, you know. Yeah, it, but I know one game you have circled on the calendar, and that's the Tennessee game. They got a weird tip time for that one. That's a 6 o'clock tip on a Tuesday night. Yeah, it, it, it's, so, it's meaning, strange. Meaning you're going to be late for tip-off because you'll be here with me talking about that game. And then you'll have to run on over to the stadium from here. Yeah, you know that's actually a good point. I didn't, I didn't even realize that. That's that's actually hilarious uh, how that tip off time works. It's almost like they're just like, ah, eh, you don't need to go watch this game. You know, it, it's gonna be a blow. It's gonna anyways. be a bad game. But, you shouldn't go but, see it, Xander. But uh, you know what? I've been through enough torment this season. I think I'll keep going. <laughs> hey, there you go. But yeah. Uh, Mizzou will host the Texas A&M Aggies tomorrow night, 8 o'clock tip-off on ESPN2 if you want to watch it. Um, it should be an interesting game. I don't have much hope for it, but maybe Mizzou can pull something out. Yeah, you know, you just you, I have no hope, but you know what? Miracles happen, and this team desperately needs a miracle almost immediately. So we're just going to have to see. That's that's how it is almost every game. Yeah, exactly. Well, I'm going to start trying to move us away from Mizzou basketball. Please. <laughs> I think we spent enough time. We spent about 21 minutes talking about Mizzou basketball, and I, I don't need us to down our days any lo- longer. We got, we got a lot of cool stuff to talk about, a lot of fun stuff. So let's, let's get out of that, that hole of depressing Mizzou basketball. Let's start talking about the rest of college basketball. We had a, a big triple header on a Saturday. We had number three Carolina play number seven Duke. Uh, number eight Kansas play number four Houston, and then number five Tennessee play number ten Kentucky. Uh, we'll talk Duke Carolina first, as just because that doesn't affect Mizzou as much as uh, the other two do, especially with uh, that being an ACC and the other two having SEC. Well, the one having the SEC and the other one being the border war rivalry for Mizzou. Uh, North Carolina would go on to beat Duke 93-84. I was thrilled as a Carolina fan. Oh, I, I bet you were. That was a, It was a good game, and uh, you know how these Duke-North Carolina games go. Lots of high scoring, uh, lots was, of drama. There was a lot of drama. There, there were some tempers that started to flare. Guys would get a little, uh, get a little uh, pushy with each other. But one thing that this showed me is that North Carolina is continuing – to basically walk its way towards a number one seed in the bracket come March. And if they were to secure that number one seed, it'd be the ACC's first number one seed in five years. So it's been a little while since the ACC's had a had a number one seeded team play uh, for their conference. And, you know, I'm kind of hoping uh, Carolina, I mean, it's looking like Carolina's going to open their the March Madness play in Charlotte, and that'll be over uh, spring break, so I'm hoping I get to uh, go watch my Tar Heels play in the tournament. Oh, yeah, and, you know, if they do hap- uh, happen to do that, I mean, <laughs> very unfortunate for her, the first team they will have to play because... Uh, well, you know, it's I, March Madness. You never know. I, I, mean, I can't guarantee I mean, anything. Yeah, yet. But, but realistically speaking, the UNC faithful are going to be there, and they're going to be oh, showing we'll be up loud. in numbers. We will be loud. But next game we'll look at is number five Tennessee taking on number ten Kentucky. Tennessee would win one hundred three ninety two. Xander, did you watch this game at all? So, <laughs> uh, unfortunately, I actually did not watch I didn't this either. game. But <laughs> when I did see the final score of this game, I was like, 
whoa. I mean, and, and Tennessee is just continue to prove uh, prove that they are top five, if not top ten. Uh, uh, top ten, if not top yeah, five. The, the thing about Tennessee, and I did watch, I mean, I watched a little bit of it. I didn't watch a lot, but I watched a little bit of it. And, you know, Tennessee, they're passing the eye test. They're dropping a few games here and there, but they're passing the eye test to kind of show off how they're a good squad if they can get going. Uh, the only thing, and then they're trying to get a top number one seed as well, but I'll tell you, the Tar Heels definitely have the advantage over them They've since they uh, they beat Tennessee in pre-conference play early this year when it was the ACC-SEC uh, battle. Right. Um, but, I mean, Kentucky, they've they lost a chance to regain a top four seed with that loss to Tennessee, and, you know, it's Tennessee's going to keep running towards that top and we'll see where they can go from here but the the game I want us to talk about for a second is number eight Kansas and number four Houston Kansas would go on to win 78 65 and you know Houston they lost but they're going to be a high seeded team I don't think Kansas is going to be a number one seed at all oh. we'll talk more uh, bracketology type stuff as we get closer to towards tournaments and that type of stuff but you know we'll bring it up briefly now <coughs> but uh Zander, I think I think something happened after that game for Kansas uh, they played another game and something might have happened yeah you know I think they had a quick two game uh, two day turnaround and uh, had to actually play a game in uh, Manhattan Kansas not Manhattan New York Kansas. So it was the Sunflower, uh, I think it's called the Sunflower Showdown, I'm pretty sure. I believe so. I'm pretty sure. I know it's sun, It's the Sunflower Showdown, I'm pretty sure, uh, between Kansas State and Kansas. Always such a great uh, game and rivalry. Um, and I was pleasantly shocked, and I actually watched practically all of this game because, as you know, going to Mizzou, everyone here has to basically become a huge uh, Jayhawk hater. Jayhawk hater, and uh, watching this game made me very happy. Um, uh, I, it, it seemed it was a little little strange that you know it, it was weird. I I you know we we talked about this before, and KU just completely as of as of right now just can't win a away game for the life of them. I mean, it, it's been it's been pretty bad this year. And they it, get taken out of their element, which is Allen Fieldhouse, and don't get me wrong, Allen Fieldhouse. Oof, that is a tough place to play. You got to experience it firsthand this year. Oh yeah, it, it, that place is literally no joke. I mean, it's exactly what they've said on TV. It's le- legitimately maybe top five and hardest places to uh, play at. Not only that, but the fans there are go absolutely bananas. Yeah, they do, and I'm I'm hoping to experience Allen Fieldhouse myself uh, at some point. I was actually going to go to the game that you got to go to, uh, but I. Uh, pulled in to call the game instead which as a career that's what I want to do so I am totally okay with that so and it's cool to be able to say that I called a KU uh, Mizzou game but now KU struggles on the road a lot and that's going to be something to watch especially when it comes to tournament time because they won't be on their home floor they're traveling around the country and playing on different playing in different cities that they're not used to yeah you know uh, NCAA tournament is all neutral site games for the most part of the- uh, a lot of them are actually not even a lot. Uh, 
it depends. Sometimes some of them are played on like actual like other college basketball uh, team courts, but some of the uh, some of the other ones are usually played on the uh, NBA courts sometimes. Uh, for actually more for the most part, once we get into like the Sweet Sixteen stuff, it becomes more of the NBA stadiums. But well, yeah, I mean, like for instance, Charlotte uh, will be at the Hornets Arena, right? But it's going to be hosted by the Forty Nine ers Charlotte Forty Nine ers, and hey, man, they're making their way up there. They might be able to make the tournament this year. I know, you know, we were we were actually watching a a little bit of their game against uh, ECU yeah. uh, this weekend, and you know what? I'm gonna bring this up because you brought it up with me, and I had absolutely no idea, and it shocked me. But apparently, you know, you know somebody on the uh, UNC Charlotte team who's a pretty good starter. Yeah, I do know, I do know a player, good old Jackson Threadgill, uh, UNC Charlotte forward, guard, whatever he wants to play, number twelve. He's been starting for a while now, and the, he's recently been sitting the bench for a little bit. So um, we'll have to see. I'm hoping they can get him back in the lineup. He he didn't have a great showing against East Carolina, but I'm hoping he can get a few more points here and there, and I'm hoping they make the tournament. Uh, definitely been cheering for him, and hopefully he does well. I used to play rec ball with him. Uh, we played travel ball with AAU, um, and so I'm hoping that uh, things continue to go well for him and – one of my other buddies plays in Navy, so um, and Navy's not doing anything, so I can't really talk about them. But <laughs> UNC Charlotte at least is doing something, so I that's why I bring them up, and you know I'm hoping that they continue to go towards the tournament, um, and we'll have to see what happens. Now, Xander, we're gonna step away from the men's side of college basketball. I wanna I wanna talk about the absolute best player in women's college basketball for a second. Oh, I, I know I, I'm not talking I, about Angel Reese. Oh, I think I know exactly who you're talking about. The only person in college, women's college basketball, that's been talked about basically every week. Yeah, uh, she is a big Chiefs fan. She'll be pulling for the Red Kingdom this weekend. Uh, Caitlin Clark. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I haven't heard that name before. I know, right? Uh, Caitlin Clark is on her way to break the. Uh, the NCAA Division One scoring record. She is 66 points away from bre- breaking Kelsey Plum's record. And Kelsey Plum used to play at Washington. Her record is 3,527 points. Whoa. Clark is at 3,462. Whew. I mean, she. It, it's Trey. This is incredible. I mean, just watching, just watching her out there and playing. It's absolutely ridiculous yeah and they, it says how quickly here can clark actually catch plum her in her scoring mark and if you look at the games so one of her next games is the 11th against nebraska and clark would need to have average 33 points per game 22 against michigan 16 and a half against indiana 13 against illinois 11 against minnesota and she only has to average 9.4 against ohio state <laughs> So, uh, and she's put up big numbers all year long. Like, it, it, this is not a surprise. I think, let's see here, the the lowest, the lowest, this is her game log, the lowest amount of points she has scored this entire season was 21. <laughs> that was I, the I lowest mean, amount of points she scored all season. That was twenty one, and they won a hundred to sixty two. <laughs> that is that that stat is just 
Her best just, showing was against Ohio State when she dropped 45, and they lost. This, and let me tell you, 45, this isn't college basketball. You're talking about NBA numbers yeah, here. That's WNBA numbers right there. And Clark is looking to be, in my opinion, going to be the number one pick in the WNBA draft. Oh, so, oh absolutely. Undisputed. She'll be no, heading, no no, other person should be number one than, uh, oh, than she. She'll be heading to the Indiana Fever most likely then. Uh, I'm a New York Liberty fan, but I definitely definitely will be watching the Indiana games just to just to make sure I can keep up with Caitlin and see how she's doing because, you know, the whole entire sports world is cheering for her to break that record. We all recognize the talent, and I am hoping that Iowa wins the title this year. Oh, I think as of right now, they are probably favorites to win it all this year. If not then, then South Carolina is. I mean, that, and that's the other good point. I believe Iowa's, I think, two or three. So yeah, uh, South Iowa, Carolina is still number one currently. Yeah, they are. Um the rankings go, uh, at least for at least for women's basketball, Iowa is number two. South Carolina is one. Um, we'll have to see how this tournament shakes out. I know I will be watching, have my eyes on that. Ohio State is five, so the next, ma- next meeting between Iowa and Ohio State will be a fun game to watch. I'll make sure I have my eyes on that one. Their previous meeting was at Ohio State, and that was the night when uh, – the fans stormed the court, and Caitlin Clark got uh, ran into by a fan and got decked. Um, <laughs> I mean, and this meeting, their next meeting in March, will be at Iowa, so the Hawkeyes will have a little bit of home court advantage, of course. Yeah, uh, the, definitely a home field advantage, and I mean, it's it's crazy. You know, I would definitely love to go to a lot of these games, but first of all. They're playing in Iowa. I mean, that's not the. F- it's a little bit of a drive, but it's not the furthest drive ever. Uh, ever. So I, I, I definitely want to go and support. But uh, uh, I I'll, try. I tried looking for uh, tickets there. Hey and, man, uh, I want to go to the Final Four. <laughs> They're hosting that in Cleveland this year. True, true. They they are hosting. It's going to be Cleveland. at the Romo Fijo, as we call as we call it in Cleveland. But the Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse, where the Cleveland Cavaliers play, uh, is where the Final Four will be. And so I'm hoping to maybe try to get up there don't think i'll be able to but uh i'm gonna definitely give it a shot but one last thing before we go to break i want us to i want us to look at the standings for men's basketball i mentioned south carolina being number one in women's ball well buddy the university of south carolina their men's basketball team is in the polls for the first time since 2017 and they're not just a 20 team they're not low ranked they're ranked pretty high they're ranked uh 15 in the country 15 that is that is a big jump to where they were um previously and in the last few weeks they hadn't even been ranked at all but i think both those wins against after that mizzou win apparently they were just like okay so we're gonna play like kentucky and tennessee and you know what? I think we're just going to beat them. You know, I, I think we're just going to go in there. Well, and they they're... beat Kentucky and they played us, and we thought, well, you know, uh, they'd be riding high. They'd come off of a maybe, a, hopefully, a law. You know, come off a big win like that. Hopefully, it's a, a loss for them. And nope, they continued to ride and continued to be riding high. And then next thing you know, uh, oh look at this, Tennessee. Uh, I think we'll take them down too. Yeah, <laughs> at their home floor. At their home floor in Tennessee, that is not that is not easy to do at all. And 
they did it. And I mean, it, their team is literally the. I I I I, I got to say, I may have to actually agree with the rankings here. I mean, when you beat two top ten teams, it's you, you're for sure going to be put up there. And they've only lost three games all season. Uh, and, and I and I like their playing style. I mean, BJ Mack when we were there, dude's an absolute monster. It's yeah, he's hard a to unit. Stop. <laughs> and I'll tell you one other thing to look at is uh, your Aztecs, buddy. They're in there at yes, twenty four. The San Diego State Aztecs. Yes, sir. How you feeling about those Aztecs? So, from my standpoint, is mostly just been. I don't even. I mean, this isn't like a complete joke or anything, or like uh, I don't think we deserve to be in there. Of course, because I think San Diego State, you know, great team. Definitely can pull off some upsets here and there. I mean, they literally beat Gonzaga this year, so they they have a great team. But this week, they last week they lost to Colorado State away. They only lost by like I think they only lost by seven, but still a seven point loss to Colorado State. But then they come home and let me tell you, when you play at the VA Haas Arena, it is it is. I tried to I tried to compare it to uh, Allen Fieldhouse because it is definitely one of the tough places to play at and not only that but the the show student section down there is for sure always rocking every single game and i love it uh and and they played number 17 utah state uh mountain west showdown and uh they 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 came they uh they proved that uh they kind of own utah state and uh proceeded to uh win 81 to 67 i mean that game wasn't really close i mean at the beginning it was but then second half they just ran away with the game so i like that i like it I, i like that they're back in now we just got to see if they can actually stay in there uh, before, or if they're going to get upset again like they always do. Yeah, we'll have to definitely keep watch on that. I'll run over the top ten real quick. UConn, one. Purdue is two. North Carolina, three. Kansas, four. Houston, five. Tennessee, six. Marquette, seven. Arizona, eight. Duke is nine. And Illinois is ten. We're going to take a quick break, then we'll get into the NBA, and we'll go from there. Stay with us. Angel Hernandez have in common? You both could use some instant replay in your life. That's right. Catch instant replay with me, Ben Greenberger, every Sunday night from 8 to 9, right here on KCOU 88.1. Tune in for the latest news from around the MLB, NHL, college basketball, and much, much more. Can't listen live? Head on over to Twitter at InstantReplayMU and catch up on what you missed. When you aren't sure what the right call is, check the instant replay. Looking for something that smashes sports content and video game content together into one big late-night radio sandwich? Listen to Quarter Circle Backboard, a show in which your boy Chris Mitchell brings you the latest and hottest in sports news that you like and video game news that I like every Friday night at 11 p.m. on KCOU. I talk about everything from football to basketball to Street Fighter to Fallout to you name it. Is the worst thing up past your bedtime? Tune in and find out. from your Shriners Hospitals. This bathroom could be the most dangerous room in the house. A lot of kids are seriously burned by scalding hot water in bathtubs. Small kids should never, ever take a bath without a grown-up watching them closely. First of all, run cold water into the tub. Then add hot water to warm it up. Kids always want to play with the faucets, and hot water on their tender skins can scald. Hot water can burn in less than three seconds. Do you like helping people? Do you think that sexual health education is important at Mizzou? Do you want to grow as an individual? Yeah, Lisa, that's definitely me. You need to apply to Sexual Health Advocate Peer Education, SHAPE. SHAPE is saving the world one barrier method at a time. 
Their peer educators give presentations all over campus in the Columbia area on topics ranging from abstinence and healthy relationships to anatomy, STIs, and barrier methods. How do I apply? Just Google Shape Mizzou. You can go to studenthealth.missouri.edu and apply online. Wow, thank you so much, Lisa. I want to be a shape here. Welcome back to Coast to Coast, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Trey Bettler, and I'm here with Xander Kobold. I'm not even going to let you even attempt to pronounce that, so you can try to figure out if you don't remember your name. Yeah, I don't think we want a recap of the uh, last two weeks, basically. Exactly. Xander, uh, if you're a a new listener, uh, Xander has struggled to remember his name at times for some reason, and we like to talk about that because we think it is absolutely hilarious. But... We're going to now jump into our NBA coverage of the afternoon. I think one of the biggest stories out of the entire NBA, out of the entire league, is that Joel Embiid is going to be out for a little while now. And he's going to be at least out at least four weeks after his knee procedure. He he underwent a left knee procedure uh, this morning. uh, And he's going to be reevaluated in about approximately four weeks or so. that's big for the Sixers losing Embiid. Oh yeah, uh, definitely a big loss there. Uh, this is some guy who you can easily score. I mean, this dude goes out here and he plays. He plays his his butt off, and he 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 seems like the dude who's going to score like forty points a game. It, it's pretty crazy, and I mean that's basically his effect on that team. But you know, now we're just going to have to see how they're going to play these next four weeks with without their. Best player. I, I mean, mean, straight up, their best player. No, he is, and Embiid's the reigning MVP. Um, he has, in his entire career, he's now sustained injuries to both of his knees, and this one's at a terrible time. I mean, he is leading the NBA in scoring with 35.3 points a game, and he was on pace to join Wilt Chamberlain as the only other player to average at least 35 points, 10 rebounds, and 5 assists in a season. Uh, he also was on pace to become the only become only the second player to average at least one point per minute played. And so the Sixers have lost six of their past seven. They've fallen to fifth in the East. And Embiid will fall well short of the league's 65-game minimum to earn postseason awards. So this is not looking good for the Sixers right now. No, I mean, it really isn't. I, I You know, the Sixers haven't had, you know... I believe the Sixers haven't had too bad of a season. I, I I can't I can't always remember. I think they're like I think six or are they six or five in the uh, uh, Eastern Conference? Fifth. Sorry. So they're fifth okay. right now. Thirty uh, thirty nineteen. I mean yeah, that's very respect. That's a very respectable record. But now we're just gonna have to see you know what what like what the plan is and see if they can play without their best player. I mean, you know they you know they got you know you know they have like Patrick Beverly and. Funny enough, I always forget that Hope Bomba's on this team too. But he, I mean, he doesn't really get any. I mean, the biggest <laughs> thing to think about if for this team, they need 
three players to step up with Embiid being gone. They need Patrick Beverly to come through. That That's hit or miss, but they need him to come through. They need Tyrese Maxey to play well. And they definitely need Tobias Harris. If all three of those players can get going, then the Sixers should be fine without Embiid. But I worry about the inconsistency of those players. Yeah, they... they... Again, I'm not trying to say that the 76ers have been kind of carried by Joel, but they have. They straight up just have they been. Have. They have. They, they've been carried, carried all season by Joel, and they're they're here in fifth place, 30-19, and now without him, what are they going to do? I mean, the next four, the next five games. Here are the next five games for for the Sixers. They've got the Warriors, the Hawks, the Wizards, the Cavs, and the Heat. Now here's the thing. Warriors Hawks is like their first that those are their two games where it's like, all right, you kinda get a break, you know? It's like, all right, these teams can be good, but they're not they have not been playing very well this season, so they should be able to possibly get away with a win. But the thing is, as soon as they play the Cavs, that opens up a world of like good teams playing the Sixers. They play at the Cavs, they've got the Heat at home, they play the Knicks at home, then they uh, the Right, the day after they play the Knicks, they got the Cavs at home. They get one day off, then they play the Bucks at home. They get a day off, and then they go play at the Celtics. I mean, it's not looking any easier for the Sixers, and this could turn very ugly, very, very fast. Yeah, and I looked. I actually just looked back, and they actually played yesterday uh, against the Dallas Mavericks, pretty much with Joel, a team that they should have beat. Yeah, but they lost by 16, and they were at home, so. Well, when, uh, I mean, the thing is, Kyrie came back. That was his return from being true, out for true, six true. games. Um, and, you know, if Kyrie and Luka are clicking, then that's huge. But th- I'll tell you this. When Kelly Oubre Jr. scoring 19 is the leader in points for your squad, that that that's a little... Man, that's a little bad, in my opinion. I mean, Luca had 19, and Kyrie had 23 uh, for the Mavs, and then Joe Green had 28. And I mean, so they had a bunch of guys contributing. Uh, Grant Williams had 14, but for the Sixers, I mean, Tobias Harris had 17, Maxi had 15, Ubre had 19. So you got to continue to play well. I mean, but you know, it's NBA basketball. Things are going to happen. Things are just not going to go your way. And I think, especially with Kyrie's return last night, it just the it was just a bad night to yeah. be on the Sixers. Yeah, uh, bad night uh, kind of to be on the court, especially uh, with that news breaking out just recently and having to play their first game without uh, without Joel. Um, I, I think that they can I, – I think if they could really get it together and, you know, get more scores on the table and some people really stepping up in that captain role uh, with Joel gone, I mean – Sixers could still be a decently good team. Yeah, they could be, and you know, I'm selfishly, I'm hoping they're not. As a Cavs fan, <laughs> yeah. you know, I'm hoping that that uh, they go away because I want the I want the Cavs to run through the East. Uh, even though I know that's not what's going to happen, it's going to be tough. They got to play Boston, and that that'll be tough. But uh, as long as they can stay healthy, it'll be it'll be interesting. Um, but. Another thing I want to talk about real quick is uh, LeBron. Oh, LeBron. 
You know, as a Cavs fan, I, I love LeBron, but I don't miss his shenanigans, and he's been pulling a few shenanigans with the Lakers recently. And I'm like, this is entertainment. This is stupid, but I'm very glad I do not have to deal with this for my own team anymore. Um, LeBron has been teasing about trying to get the Knicks to trade for him. He was wearing orange and blue when he was walking in to the stadium and leaving the stadium. He did a post-game interview on court with a Knicks towel around his neck. I mean, these type of things are very interesting to think about. And, you know, LeBron is basically flaming the fire, but... I don't know what to think about this with LeBron at this point. I, I mean, you, we know. I think we know LeBron is very used to the shenanigans that he likes to pull. And I mean, yeah, I, I think I don't know if this is really just him trying to just you know screw around. And I think it uh, is. I, I, I mean, mean, LeBron doesn't. LeBron's not like this. And, and the other I, thing, I, think about this. Okay, his kid plays at USC. Exactly. He's not leaving Bronny. There's, there's no way. I, mean, I won't believe it. Yeah. Uh, if, if Bronny enrolls at Syracuse, I mean, <laughs> or some team in New York, then maybe. Yeah. I mean, but he's not leaving Bronny. He wants to be near his son, and they're both making good NIL money out. There. I mean, Bronny's making good NIL money. Uh, LeBron's jumping in the movie world and doing commercials and everything in L.A. I mean, he's not gonna leave that. No, he's never. He's not gonna. You know. I can't. I can't even believe people were actually believing in this stuff. I mean, it's just the. That's just how he is. It, it's kind of his charisma. He's always kind of. He always likes to joke around, and and I mean, and, and again, it shows here. But dude, Lakers fans shouldn't even really be concerned about him leaving. No, nah, they shouldn't. Because Bronny's gonna still be at USC. You know, he's only in his freshman year. He's gonna be there for at least maybe two more years, if not more. Yeah. Um, I think that uh, as a Lakers fan, you should just rub, you know, go through that, like shrug it off and be like, okay, that's you know just him being him, and you know, look forward to having a LeBron on your team the next uh, four years. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely one to make sure you look out for and. Another thing for Lakers fans is that uh, on Thursday they're going to unveil the Kobe Bryant statue, and I cannot wait to see that. Kobe's one of my all-time favorite players, and so I'm excited to see that statue finally come on out outside of Crypto Arena. But uh, they're oh. actually going to be wearing the Black Mamba uniforms finally. They haven't done that in a few years or so, and they're going to wear the Black Mamba uniforms uh, again uh, on Thursday night when they play the Nuggets. Last time they wore them was... Inside the bubble. It was inside the NBA bubble in Orlando. That was a crazy year. Um, yeah, not only was that a crazy year, but it was a uh, finals win. It was the, a finals uh, Lakers win. And the last finals win uh, in the past uh, four-ish years. Yeah, the good old 2020 NBA playoffs, which would, which would lead to their 17th NBA championship in Lakers history. So that'll be something to make sure you watch for if you want to watch that. They're gonna, they will air the Kobe Bryant statue unveiling. They'll air that on TV, so you can make sure that you watch that. Uh, it'll be live if you're LA. It'll be live on Spectrum Sportsnet. Um, three, three p.m. Pacific time is when they will start that off. Uh, 
So that'll be something to definitely watch for. I I don't have that channel. I mean that's that's uh, I, I mean, that's West Coast stuff, but I. I guarantee you'll be able to find it on ESPN or some live stream around the area. There's gotta have. I mean, listen to all my NBA fans out there. Just pirate it. I mean, let's be real. If you if you don't honestly have that, I mean, I I mean, you'll figure. Where else it do out. you Where else do you go to other than just pirating at this point? Yeah. Uh, one thing I will mention too about going back to Joel Embiid, uh, they have announced the uh, replacements for Joel Embiid. Uh, Julius Randle is also uh, injured, and he will not be in the all-star game he was originally picked to be in the all-star game and him and and Bede will not be in it so they have were picked they have picked their replacements and Scotty Barnes the forward for the Raptors and (laughs) Trey Young the guard for the Hawks will be their replacements so those will be two guys to watch out for in the NBA all-star game coming up next weekend not this upcoming weekend uh, we have football weekend this weekend, but uh, next weekend you get some NBA All Star action. Oh yeah, which I, we'll talk more about that next week. I'm, I'm, I'm. Let me tell you, Trey, I'm absolutely pumped up for it. I mean, All Star Saturday night's gonna be a blast. Oh, it's gonna be a blast, and uh, we were just talking about this before the show, but they, uh, they're gonna be hosting the uh, celebrity games and the uh, skills and the dunk contest and three point contest. It's all gonna be in the uh, Lucas Oil Stadium. Right across the street. Yeah, I'm extremely excited to watch that. That'll be fun to see. And another thing they've added is they also will have a very brand-new state-of-the-art LED court. So they will have the court will be lighting up the entire game. It'll say, like, how many points were scored on the shot. I mean, it'll have visual effects. I'm looking at the NBA website, and it says the visual effects that it will show – that will be displayed on the court will include design and color changes. They'll have live replays and other video content on the floor. There'll be real-time game stats on the floor, location-based player tracking, interactive games for fans during timeouts, immersive animations following key plays and moments. Like, I feel like I'm an NBA jam when I was watching that. I saw like somebody did a dunk and it and flames burst all over the floor. It's like you're playing a game of NBA jam. It's absolutely wild to think about. I mean, yeah, it's completely wild. I mean, and it also kind of shows you, and this is a little off topic, but it just kind of shows you how far we really have gone with technology and stuff, and um, it's great. And, you know, it's it's really nice to see that. But, you know, um, definitely a good step uh, for the NBA uh, as they will be able to expand. And, um, I mean, it seems like such a small thing, and, like, you know, maybe some NBA fans are just like, okay, whatever, cool. Uh, nice, I guess. Um, but yeah, you know, I think with the uh, new ad technology, I mean, who knows? This could be the uh, first step towards uh, something cooler we can have in uh, the NBA. And not only that, but they actually, uh, you know, a little bit Super Bowl related. But uh, on uh, CBS, they I've seen the multiple commercials they've had, and they're like 185 cameras during the game. And you know, you I think there's even stuff where you can like click on the app and you can like actually watch like live from the game from like one of the cameras so i mean technology has really you know gotten far and it's really leaking into the sports world yeah uh we'll touch on one thing real quick uh before we exit out of nba uh zach levine the bulls guard i know the chicago bulls are a little uh uh, relevant around here and missouri Uh, a lot of people from chicago the bulls guard will be out four to six months uh, he underwent surgery on his right foot. He injured it in a game against the Raptors a few nights ago. Um, 
So the Bulls will be without their guard. That'll that'll definitely hurt the Bulls and their quest towards playoffs and everything. I mean, they weren't. I don't think they were looking towards it. Anything they they didn't have the greatest season right now. They're thirteen and eleven. <laughs> yeah, um... uh, they're they're ninth place in the the Eastern Conference right now. So it's rough for them. But you know. I'm a I'm a Cavs fan. Anybody in the East going down, like their team not playing as well. They're 23 and 27, so they haven't had the best year. But anybody in the East, uh, any team going down, I'm I'm cool with that. It'll help my Cavs out. Of course, well, of course you are. You know, being the Cavs fan, but uh, uh, just talking quickly about the Bulls here. I mean, it, it is for sure just been completely. I mean, it, it's back and forth with this team. They uh, some games it looks like. They really got a good team out here, and uh, sub games. It's just like, what am I watching? What 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 the heck is going on? And obviously, without uh, Zach Levine now on the floor, it just keeps adding to the uh, back and forth uh, momentum with the Bulls. And I mean, as of right now, I think the Bulls are in the play-in still, towards the bottom of the play-in. But yeah, I believe so. But we're just gonna have to wait and see what happens. We're now gonna start transitioning over into football. We'll talk college football for a few minutes. Uh, one of the biggest things that happened over the weekend in college football was the Senior Bowl. Uh, the The national team would beat the American team 16-7, to but I'm not worried about the score. No one's ever really worried about the score of the Senior Bowl. The thing that everyone's really worried about more is how these people play. The standout from all media has said that Spencer Rattler, the quarterback, former quarterback of the South Carolina Gamecocks, is the MVP in the Senior Bowl. And the guy I want to touch on, as much as it's good to touch on uh, uh, Spencer Rattler, I'd, I'd rather much talk more about Cody Schrader and oh, his Co- performance. Oh, Cody Schrader, I think. Uh, all he didn't have outstanding – I mean, he did not have outstanding numbers whatsoever. But he had solid numbers. He caught seven passes for 54 yards. So he didn't have a lot of a lot of showing but I mean he did something, you know? And he didn't he was not limited to nothing. He didn't run the ball extremely well, but he showed a lot of scouts that he can he can be a pass catching running back and I know a lot of teams in the NFL that need a pass catching running back. Yeah, um he, you know, this is coming from, you know, us as, you know, big Mizzou fans here, but uh I I'd like I like his play style and there were a few I think I watched a few highlights from his game and I mean this I mean this man when he can when he can get open I mean it, it, it's almost like game over he he is so uh he's so uh uh swift and he's so uh incredibly flexible when it comes to uh his playmaking skills and just not only just catching the ball but just uh after making the catch breaking free is uh, a huge thing for him, and I think it happened during the game I saw on Twitter. Um, he uh, kind of made a catch and basically juked out one of the defenders to get a first down or close to a first down in uh, one of the drives. Yeah, he played well all week. Darius Robinson had a heck of a week. So did Javon Foster. A lot of Mizzou players had really, really good days during practice for the week for the Senior Bowl. They just were not able to show a lot of their talent during the actual game. But even though they didn't get to show a lot of their talent during the game, I can guarantee you a lot of guys made a lot of people open their eyes to Missouri football. Oh, yeah, and I think not only that, but this is why in the week prior before the actual game started, 
that's why they had all these practices. And uh, not only during the practices, but you could really see a lot of just how incredible uh, these uh, these uh, Mizzou guys were doing out there. And it's it's great to see. And I'm I'm, I'm not only just pretty sure, I'm almost 99% positive we are going to see these guys in the NFL. Yeah, me too. But we'll take a quick break, and then we're going to start transitioning towards to the NFL. And I know that's exactly what you guys are excited to listen to. We're excited to get talking about it. Stay with us. We'll see you in a second. Hello, this is Smushy, and you're listening to KCOU 88.1 Columbia. My name is Chase Madison. And I'm Luke Magnanti. And we are Cup of Bro. A sports radio talk show right here on KCLU 88.1 FM. Join us at 11 a.m. on Fridays for some fun sports talk. Featuring our bro segment where we talk about everything that happens off the field. And drink a little bit of coffee too. So be sure to tune in to see what we got brewing up. This is the one sports talk radio show. You hope your favorite team isn't on. Join me, your host, Gerald Hopkins, on the Rebuildables Podcast and Show every Thursday from 4 to 5 p.m. on KCOU 88.1 FM. Each week, I go look at a different team, why they're struggling, how to bring them out. But like a good mystery, each team's a little different, just like every rebuild, every Thursday, 4 to 5 p.m. Look at me, busy as a bee. Where'd I get all this energy? Oh, man, mm, man. I don't sleep and I don't eat, but I've got the cleanest house on the street. Oh, man, mm, man. Get these hairs all out of my face. Get these bugs all out of my place. One more hit, no time to waste. Oh, man, mm, man. a rainbow bend where does the universe end to know the world from A to Z where is the dinosaur what's on the ocean floor to know the world from A to Z it's fun you see public service message from the National Science Foundation Hi, this is Jeff Tweedy walking around Chicago saying hi. Uh, thank you for listening to KCOU 88.1, Columbia, Missouri. And uh, see you soon, I hope. Hey, we're Discus, and you're listening to KCOU 88.1, Columbia. So welcome back to Coast to Coast, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Trey Bettler. And I am Xander Koble. Hey, there you go. I did it. I did it. There you go. You got your name that time. Attaboy. All right, we're going to start talking football now. Um, the NFL specifically. I'm 
excited for this. This is what we've been waiting for for a lot of the day, but we wanted to get a lot of the other stuff out of the way first because we know how much a lot of people wanted to hear about uh, the NFL and everything going on in that. First to mention in the NFL, we're going to talk Pro Bowl. So yep. <laughs> final score in the Pro Bowl was uh, 64-59, the NFC won. Uh, and the AFC was going on a game-winning drive, uh, and C.J. Stroud got picked off uh, by Jalen Johnson to end the game. Well, actually, they had one more drive, and I thought C.J. was going to go to, um, uh, at the very end, was going to go to Jamar Chase, who was actually kind of open. He did a nice little route. But he did try to throw it to my guy, Keen Allen, who uh, was being uh, covered pretty well and dropped the ball. So, uh Eli Manning is back at it again with another Pro Bowl win. I tell you, it, it's I want to talk about the Pro Bowl, but it's hard to talk about the Pro Bowl. Like it, it's so bad. Yeah, I I think they should. I I honestly think that they should just go back to what it used to be. I mean, because at least that was kind of entertaining. I mean, I mean don't I mean don't get me wrong. The flag football stuff was okay, but I mean. Back to where it was, I, I kind of just love the exciting plays where it was just like, oh, okay, step back, and we're going to do a 80-yard uh, pass touchdown because no one's guarding in this game. Dude, Keenan cool. Allen threw a pass on the weekend. That, that's, <laughs> I, I saw that. Keenan Allen was quarterback for a minute. A minute. And, and not only that, he also had three reception t- like re- uh, receiving touchdowns. That he did. Uh, <laughs> Baker Mayfield won the offensive MVP of the Pro Bowl game. He he was 9 of 13 for 102 yards and two touchdowns. The the, <laughs> the amount of people who I, I'm surprised. Well, I'm not I shouldn't be surprised. 55,709 people were at the game or at the Pro Bowl. I mean, that's honestly to be expected. I mean, and when you, when you when you the Pro Bowl games are always very crowded. I mean, you get to go out there and you get to see some of the best players in the NFL, you know, all play in one game. So, yeah, it's very exciting. Yeah, exactly. Demario Davis of the New Orleans Saints, he plays linebacker for them. He won the defensive MVP. And his comment was, "It's a flag game, but man, it's a bunch of competitors out there competing." <laughs> yeah, I I like that quote. I think Again, and it looked like out there they were all having a lot of fun, you know. Uh, I I remember watching. I think there was a clip where if uh, Tyreek Hill, you know, doing his, you know, little little, little touchdown celebration, yeah, and, you know, giving the peace sign, the peace to... sign, uh, uh, and uh, getting a touchdown. And I mean, it was it looked fun. And you know, again, I think in that game, I think Tua had like a, Tua had a had a had a play where he had like a touchdown reception, basically on his like own from his like own five. It was kind of funny. Yep. Next up, we will talk. One thing I, I don't actually have this on a sheet, and I want to bring this up for you. Uh, the new Chargers general manager Joe Hort Hortiz. How do you, how do you say that name? Do you, do you know how to spell, say your new? I think it's either Hort Hortiz, maybe. Yeah, we'll, we'll I think go I, I, we'll say Hortiz yeah. for now. I mean, uh, no, 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 no he disrespect. He doubled down on Jim Harbaugh's multiple championships declaration, and he promised to deliver at least two more rings in his introductory news conference. He says we're gonna bring. He, his quote is, "We're going to build a consistent winner here. We're going to bring you a trophy, Dean. We are going to get it done. I got four boys. I got two rings. We're getting the other two at least, and we're going to tr- keep trying to build." Oh, um, that 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 is some bold, bold uh, uh, words. Comments, and comments, bold and words. words from your new general manager, buddy. 
Uh, yeah, um, I actually didn't even really know about this. Uh, I did not see that press conference, but this actually uh, this actually came out at four fifty three today. Oh. So this just oh. came out. So oh, this is brand okay. new. Oh, so, all right. so you're not missing anything. <laughs> Never mind. It just came out, and I saw it, and I saw it said uh, Chargers, and I was like, oh, I gotta read this. And I gotta talk to Xander about it. See what he has to say about it. I mean, listen, I I get it. You know, he's trying. You know, the chart. He's trying. He's trying to like consult with all the Chargers fans and say, listen, it has been rough to watch this team every year, and it's so disappointing to see. And he's trying to like make sure and say, listen, the future's bright. But I think he shouldn't have just said, oh, we're going to go out here and uh, we're going to get you uh, two rings in the next, like, three years. Um, yeah, that, excuse that, me? That right there is a little uh, early to say that, I think. I mean, I understand it's uh, early still, but uh, that's a little bold after a team who struggled for a little while. And, and you know, we're, we're just going to – again, I think he should have at least started off the press conference saying, listen – we have the pieces. We know we have the pieces. All we have to do is put it together, and then who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? But I think it, it was really bold, and this is what I'm going to compare it to. And I know baseball is way out here in the future. Actually, well, baseball starting like catch, pitchers, catchers report starts in about a week. But besides that, um, coming from someone who's a Padres fan, um, it kind of reminds me of um, – what kind of last year was like when it came to the fan fest now trey if you knew the padres last year had like basically an all-star caliber team oh yeah they did. Uh, and they should have performed uh, a lot better than they actually they did. did and yep. during the uh, fan fest i tried to actually attend but i couldn't get in due to the fact that there were so many fans there wanting to go see you know machado tatis and all that but what happened is during the press conferences when the fans started asking questions you know they're, or not, not the fans, but uh, what they started like the, the broadcasters and Don Orzil started asking them a bunch of questions. They said, you know, oh, you know, who, you know, who do you, uh, who do you got for your uh, World Series matchup? And it's like, oh, it doesn't matter, you know, what our World Series matchup is because we're gonna win. And I'm like, guys, do we, can we, can we all calm down for a second? It's like this isn't guaranteed we're making a World Series, okay? You have to prove, prove it to me during the season if, if we're actually gonna get there. And, you know, they didn't get there at all. They didn't even make it to the playoffs. So I feel like it's the same situation here for the Chargers, and I just hope, I hope that this time maybe he's right. And, and, you know, I'll tell you, I'm hoping for you, but I'm also not because uh, you are an AFC opponent of mine, so I hope I go to the Super Bowl. But, hey, good luck to the both of us. And we, yes, sir. we we have to uh, wait till next year to even uh, start talking about this more. But it's just a little early to mention that. But the next thing coming up after the Super Bowl that's big in the NFL will be the NFL draft. And we're actually going to look back at the draft from this past year. And I want ESPN posted an article as they as they basically redid the NFL draft. And you know, I liked some of these new picks what they should have done. One was just genuine of what I thought they should have done in the first place, and they didn't, and it pissed me off. And and we'll get into that now. Uh, first, overall, originally it was Bryce Young. They say now it should be C.J. Stroud, and that's what I've been saying from the beginning. My dad and I both said <laughs> C.J. Stroud needs to be a Carolina Panther, and uh, that was not the case. Uh, Panthers <laughs> ended up losing uh, that deal. Uh, they signed Bryce Young, drafted him, and he had a rough season, but... 
The only thing you can really say is Bryce Young started to look better at the end of the year, but the Panthers are struggling on the offensive line. They have no line, so and Bryce Young is small. So uh, when you can't <laughs> see over is. the line and they're letting a bunch of guys run through and come at you, uh, it's going to be it's going to be hard for him to do anything in the backfield. Uh, second pick overall, Texans. Originally they took C.J. Stroud, but now they say they should take Anthony Richardson. Mm. So Bryce Young keeps falling farther. Cardinals would take Will Anderson. Colts would take Puka Nakua instead of Anthony Richardson. Uh, Devon Witherspoon Witherspoon would still go to Seattle at five. Uh, the Lions take Jameer Gibbs at six. Paris Johnson goes to the Raiders at seven. Bijan still goes to the Falcons at eight. Jalen Carter goes at nine to the Bears. Uh, there it is. Pick 11 in the draft. The Tennessee Titans select Bryce Young with their new pick. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I have to actually might have to agree with that. I think he honestly may have been a better fit with the Titans than probably yeah. than with the uh, Panthers. And um, I actually want to quickly backtrack here. Um, uh-huh. I think that I, I get why they're saying, you know, Anthony Robinson should have been with the Texans. But – I think that no one wants to even think about that now because I think the Texans have basically just found their new QB. Yeah, what what I want to hear from you is this. There, There's a pick here. The 21st pick in the draft is the Chargers pick. And originally you guys picked Quentin Johnston. Well, now they're saying you guys should pick Dalton Kincaid, who actually went to Buffalo. Oh, my goodness. That would have been a great pick. And, I mean, I you know, when you looked at looked at it before, I mean, TCU – they were just coming off a great season and made it all the way to the national championship. Now, obviously, the game didn't go the way that they thought it was going to go. But, hey, I thought that Quinn Johnson was a great young man, and I thought that this this, this – and he's, and he's tall. And he's tall. So I thought as a oh, – and I, and I uh, thought as a uh, uh, receiver, he did, uh, did not – perform with the Chargers at all so I think the uh, tight end there from Utah would have been a better pick I know we're talking NFL but I want to bring something up real quick Uh, we got ESPN on the TV right here Sports Center has a developing story Uh, South Carolina coaches are calling for a law to allow schools to directly compensate athletes Uh, that is something uh, that'll definitely eliminate all the NIL issues and everything but uh, that is something to keep watch of. We'll hopefully have more information on all of that come next episode. I mean, this is still a developing story, so nothing that we know too much about yet, so we can't say too much on it. Yeah, um, that was uh, very interesting when I just saw, and, um, you know. We'll keep our I, eyes on we'll it. We'll keep our eyes on it. I mean, there's not much I can really say because I have, like, zero details on what's going on down there in South Carolina, but, hey, we'll we'll see what happens in the next week. Exactly. Uh, the rest of the draft is – pretty similar uh nothing pretty new i'm gonna find the chargers next pick here i wanted to get your thoughts on what they would do if they have another pick i believe yeah there you go uh they say your new pick uh instead of your outside linebacker from usc tuli uh tupilodi uh tui, uh, i think it's tui tui uh tu uh Oh, man, it's such a tongue twister. They say it all the time on TV, but I can always never say it. But they Tui, say your Tui, new pick uh, should be Tyree Wilson, the yeah. defensive end from Texas Tech who played for the Raiders. It's uh, I think I just figured. I think it's uh, Tua, uh, Tui, Tui Pelotu or something like that. Okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, 
I, I don't know how to really feel about that. I thought I thought uh, Tule didn't do too bad this season, but yeah, I think we needed way more defense than we really need offense. So um, I kind of have to agree with that pick. I think um, Tyree Wilson would have definitely been a huge help for the Chargers in this past season. Quickly going through some of the things, some coaching changes in the NFL. The Washington Commanders fire Eric Bieniemy, and with the firing of Eric Bieniemy. Uh, they have now hired Cliff Kingsbury to be their offensive coordinator. Now, I don't know how I feel about Cliff Kingsbury coming in. He's had good spots. He's had bad spots. I think this will be a good spot, but only time will tell. He's got a great offense. Uh, they just have to put all the pieces together. Uh, yeah, you know, we're uh – uh, uh, excuse me, I was I was just trying to get the computer a little set up here, but uh, yeah, you know, I think uh, Cliff Kingsbury is definitely a good pickup, and um, I'm I'm also excited to see what's uh, some of these new guys are going to be uh, doing for um, their new team. These coaches are going to do for their new teams. Uh, Kingsbury definitely is a pretty interesting pickup, but uh, I think honestly, I think honestly, it might have been just a little bit better than uh, Ron Rivera, so we're going to have to see. Now you're exactly right. Uh, another thing to look at is the Panthers. Speaking of Ron Rivera, uh, he's not but he's not being the Panthers coach. That is going to be Dave Cannell's, but uh, I always remember Ron Rivera for his time with the Panthers and how they went to the Super Bowl with him in Super Bowl 50. But uh, the Panthers are trying to bring back basically their entire defensive staff, Brian Burns, uh, the defensive end for the Panthers, the linebacker, uh, should I say, uh, basically told the media that the new coach should not touch the defense at all and that their defense is great how it is. Um, and uh, their defensive coordinator is returning and most of their staff is. So uh, Panther is going to be definitely something to watch for, especially that defense. Uh, they had a good defense all year. That's what kept them in these games. The issue was, once again, Bryce Young and the offense. So if they can get that going, uh, the NFC South might be taken for the Panthers again, which – uh, was consistent for a while until Tom Brady rolled around. Yeah, um, I think again, good pickup. Um, I like their uh, again. Their defense was actually not bad. Uh, I think the offense obviously needed to pick it up. And um, let me tell you, uh, Nick. Uh, uh, sorry, not Nick. Jeez, oh, um, Bryce Young. Um, clearly, uh, I, I felt bad for him because he really was like trying to uh, ball out, and he and he. Well, he did it in his, I mean, his own way. I mean, he did it his own that way. That Packers game on uh, Christmas Eve. I thought for, that was it. That I, was a, one of his best showings uh, all season. But just for time constraints, I'm going to quickly yeah. move away from the Panthers because I could get into the Panthers for a while after how my opinions on the Panthers and everything after living there for majority of my life and watching the Panthers <laughs> half of my life. Um, <laughs> But uh, move over to the New York football giants. They are going to name Shane Bowen, their new defensive coordinator. Bowen uh, was with the Tennessee Titans for a little while, and now he will come on over to the New York Giants. We'll see what Brian Dable and the Giants and Shane Bowen can cook up. they got a good squad, on, especially on defense. It's another one of those teams where they got a good defense, but their offense is where they struggle. So we'll see if they can do anything. And then another thing to look at, the, and this one we can kind of slow it down now, but uh, it was announced today, or it might have been, yeah, it was yesterday. It was announced yesterday that the uh, Philadelphia Eagles are going to kick off the NFL season in Brazil. And so you're going to have a Thursday night opener where the Super Bowl champ will host a game and raise the banner and everything. 
You got a game Friday in Brazil hosted by the Eagles. And then you now got and then you got your games on Sunday. And you got college football Saturday. So now you got a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday college football and pro football slate. So I'm excited about that. What I'm not excited about is the fact that the Browns play at the Eagles and they could possibly be heading to Brazil week one, and I don't <laughs> like that at all. And, and not only that, but let me tell you, the times of these games when they always go international are absolutely insane. So, I mean, I don't know how committed you are. I mean, actually, you're probably really committed. Dude, I, I will mean, stay up if I, I, mean, I have if to. If it's like a 4 a.m. start time in you know Missouri – I think you're going to get up around 3.30 to watch this team. Yeah, and I definitely will. But the teams that play the Eagles at home, so these are the teams that could possibly be in Brazil to start the season. Either the Cowboys, the Giants, the Commanders, the Browns, the Falcons, Panthers, Jaguars, Packers, Steelers. One of those teams is going to be playing the Eagles in Brazil on opening day, and I'm praying it's not the Browns or the Panthers or the Falcons, so hopefully it'll be the Jaguars, Packers, or Steelers. I'd prefer it to be the Steelers, uh, preferably, (laughs) but that's because I don't like the Steelers very much. But next up, we will talk NFL honors for a minute. Those are coming up Thursday, where they're going to announce the league MVP, defensive player of the year, offensive player of the year, all that good stuff. And so we're going to get our picks for that. We'll start with we're going to finish well we'll start with the easiest one in my opinion which is going to be the MVP. The candidates are Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson. So Josh Allen, the quarterback for the Bills, Lamar Jackson, quarterback for the Ravens, McCaff- Christian McCaffrey, the running back for the 49ers, Dak Prescott, quarterback for the Cowboys, and Brock Purdy, the quarterback for the 49ers. My pick is Lamar Jackson without a doubt. He's played a heck of a season and I think the playoff run he had before that Chiefs game and the rest of the season <coughs> shown why he is the true MVP of this league. Xander? Oh, yeah, absolutely, and I, I, I will. My pick will definitely be Lamar Jackson as well. I mean, my close second would probably be Christian McCaffrey, but we'll get to him eventually because he'll probably get picked in one of the offensive categories. Um, but yeah, Lamar Jackson really proved himself why he is Action Jackson. And uh, before the Chiefs game, obviously that was like his like one of his few games he actually didn't really perform. But uh, man, I do really feel bad for Josh Allen though because he is working his butt off almost every season. He's working season. his tail off for Buffalo. Oh, uh, for Buffalo, and you really do feel for him. But then every year it always seems like last year it wasn't the Chiefs, but for most for the past four uh, three uh, three-ish seasons, it's basically just been ended by the Chiefs almost every single time. So. Yep. Uh, we'll make the next few picks pretty quickly, I would assume. These are some easier picks, in my opinion. Uh, but I'm going to save the one that I I have the most toss-up with for last. So we'll go with the AP uh, Offensive Player of the Year. Your options are Tyreek Hill, the Dolphins receiver, Lamar Jackson, Ravens quarterback, C.D. Lamb, Cowboys receiver, uh, McCaffrey, 49ers running back, and Dak Prescott, Cowboys quarterback. I would have to go. I honestly think Lamar will double up. I think he'll win offensive player and MVP personally. Uh, Xander, I, I'm assuming you're leaning towards uh, Christian McCaffrey on this one. Yeah, you know, I, I could definitely do. I could see a Lamar uh, Lamar Jackson winning two again, but you're taking away the fact that Christian McCaffrey just had an amazing year. Oh, he did, and I, I'm, not, I'm not doubting that. It's just the fact that it's Lamar Jackson. It's a quarterback's league, and you know how the NFL loves, for some reason, they love to disrespect the running back, and the quarterback is flashy. They're going to want the quarterbacks to win these awards. That's how this thing goes. Oh, I mean, 
yes, and you're completely correct about it, but I, I would hope that the NFL will take their time, sit down, and realize that it's not a quarterback, it's not always a quarterback league, and sometimes you got to get shout-outs to uh, a wide receiver or a uh, running back. I mean, it just becomes repetitive, and, and I get it, and I get why they choose the QBs, like you said, uh, flashy, always on top, uh, always like the eye of the league, usually, but... I think they need to switch up the switch up the script, uh, as they say. So yeah, uh, we'll go look at the offensive rookie of the year. Uh, a lot of the options. I mean, you got two Lions players. You got Jameer Gibbs and Sam Laporta, Puka Nakua, Bijan Robinson, and C.J. Stroud. It's reports have said it's come down to Puka and C.J. Stroud. Stroud seems to be the favorite. I lean towards Stroud, even though I want to give it to Puka. Uh, just because Puka's broken a lot of uh, rookie records and he's had a heck of a season. Uh, C- and Puka actually played every game. C.J. Stroud got injured earlier this year uh, and was not able to play in every single game. He missed the first game against the Cleveland Browns uh, on Christmas Eve. So uh, my pick is C.J. Stroud. Uh, quickly, your pick, Xander. Um, you know, uh, like you said, I, I'm going to go. I'm going to agree with you, Trey. I think CJ is probably going to win. Uh, I, I, as much as I love uh, Puka Nakua, and I'm so ha- I'm so happy what he did this season, and it was so great to see something like that. But again, with the QBs always getting picked, it's probably going to be CJ. Exactly. Uh, defensive Rookie of the Year: Will Anderson from the Texans, Jalen Carter from the Eagles, Joey Porter from the Steelers, Kobe Turner from the Rams, and Devon Witherspoon from the Seahawks. Uh, in my opinion, it's going to come down to either Will Anderson, Jalen Carter, or Joey Porter Jr. Joey Porter, I've seen a lot of this season because he's a Steelers cornerback, but i got to give it to Will Anderson. He made a heck of a difference on his team. Uh, and I'm just going to quickly agree with you there. I think Will Anderson for sure, uh, definitely a top defensive player in his uh, rookie season and uh, can't wait to see. Hopefully hopefully he'll win and can't wait to see what uh, the future looks like for him. Yep. Comeback player of the year. Your options are Tua Tagovailoa from the Dolphins, Matthew Stafford from the Rams, Baker Mayfield from the Buccaneers, DeMar Hamlin from the Bills, and Joe Flacco from the (laughs) Cleveland Browns. Uh, I'll tell you, man, if Flacco won a playoff game, they would have given it to him right then and there, uh, but he didn't. Um, as much as I want Flacco to win, I don't think he will win. I think they're going to end up giving it to Baker Mayfield for a heck of a comeback season. He he bounced around a lot of teams last year. He bounced around what three teams? Yeah, I believe three. Yeah, he, three he teams. Around three teams, and he stuck with one team this season uh, and took them all the way to the uh, divisional round. Yep. Uh, and that's a heck of a that's a heck of a year for him. Uh, if not him. Uh, probably they'll probably give it to Matthew Stafford. Uh, he came back strong for the Rams. Uh, I don't want them to give it to Demar Hamlin. I feel like they might because that's just how the NFL is. But I, I really don't want to see. Didn't he already win it last year? He did. I I, and, and, and I mean, of course, last year. I mean, first of all, completely deserved. I mean, well, well, yeah. I, well a little bit, a little bit. I mean, they're trying to also show passion too, and you know, well, I, 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 I just find it. My heart. The thing I struggle with is the fact that Demar Hamlin. I understand that he's healthy now, and we're. He came back to playing football after all that, so that's a heck of a. Uh, I mean, shout out to him. To think about. Uh, of course, shout out. But there are so many like the other guys in this category are more deserving because they have oh, they time. put up stats. They did. Joe Flacco put up stats. I mean, I'm gonna fight for Joe Flacco here I for mean, a second. That that dude deserves it. He I came mean, off his couch and was yeah. throwing 300 yards. I mean, yeah, I I completely agree. And you know, some you know if I mean if we're talking about Demar Hamlin and like he comes back and he's like an absolute 
you know, freaking beast, you know, with like 10 pick sixes or something like that. Yes, then it would be the conversation would be a little bit different. But um, I think as of right now, I'm going to go my pick with Baker Mayfield. You know, the the teams that he started, you know, started with the Browns and then kind of randomly went to the Panthers that one season, which was really, really odd. And then, uh, yeah. um, and then, uh, you know, going with the Bucks, sticking with the team and going to all the way to the divisional round, which I didn't even think was going to happen. So um, good for Baker and, uh, Hopefully he'll be in there for the win. All right, Xander, who's your pick for coach of the year? You got Dan Campbell, the Lions coach, John Harbaugh, the Ravens coach, D'Amico Ryans for the Texans, Kyle Shanahan for the Niners, and Kevin Stefanski for the Browns. Well, uh, Trey, I think I know you want uh, Stefanski to win. I want him to, but I know he won't win. I, I think he's going to go Dan. You think Dan Campbell? Oh, big time Dan Campbell. I could see that. If not Dan Campbell, I think it would be D'Amico Ryans. I love Stefans- I love the Stefanski pick. I mean, that's a homer pick for me. He took a, a completely injured Browns team and got them to the playoffs. He coached through five different starting quarterbacks, still got there. Um, so, I mean, Stefanski has stats for him, but Dan Campbell took the Lions to the NFC Championship game after – since first time since like 1950 something 1957 yeah 1957 so uh gotta be dan campbell there assistant coach of the year uh you got the you got ben johnson mike mcdonald todd munkin jim schwartz and bobby slowick uh i mean i want to say jim schwartz because he took a bad bad like a terrible browns defense and made him top three in the league um but Ben Johnson really got that Lions offense clicking, and they <coughs> made it all the way to the NFC Championship. So. I think Lions are probably going to go back-to-back here with yeah, the uh, coaches. I agree. Uh, but the one I wanted to wait for, the one, the big one, uh, that's surrounding a lot of the NFL is the Defensive Player of the Year. Deron Bland from the Cowboys, Max Crosby from the Raiders, uh, Miles Garrett from the Browns, Micah Parsons from the Cowboys, and T.J. Watt from the Steelers. Even though he didn't show up in the playoffs, I'll give it to Miles Garrett. <laughs> I mean... I, I completely agree. I think Miles Garrett is – I think as of right now is for sure still kind of the favorite. But, man, I think TJ – him and TJ are like neck and neck right now. Oh, they are. A- and you, you can you could easily see – you know, I can see Deron Bland too with a six uh, – you know, six pick sixes, uh, you know, breaking that record. Uh, but I think as of right now, Miles Garrett or TJ Watt, either way, whoever wins there, uh, it's kind of a win-win situation. Quickly, we will go to break, and then we will come back and talk Super Bowl. Super Bowl. A delicious power breakfast. Great way to start the day. I'm Brandon Anthony. And I'm Keegan Hartman. Make sure to tune in every Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. to listen to me. And me. On our new show, Breakfast of Champions. Here on KCOU Sports, KCOU 88.1 FM. Saturday in Columbia is KCOU Sports Saturday. Tune in right here on KCOU 88.1 FM Columbia for all-day sports talk starting at 9 a.m. Cap off your sports Saturday with coverage of Mizzou football from the student voice of the Missouri Tigers. Don't just Saturday, KCOU Sports Saturday. Hey, what's up? Holla at your boy. XOXOXO. You getting these texts? Question mark. Where are you? What are you doing? OMG, you are making me mad. You better text me back. I'm waiting outside your house. Relentless, aggressive texting is like sending an angry robot to deliver your message. When does the robot become dangerous? Let us know at that's not cool.com. That's not cool.com. Brought to you by the Ad Council. 
Welcome back to Coast to Coast, ladies and gentlemen. That was Antihero from Taylor Swift. That is Travis Kelsey's favorite Taylor Swift song. As we're getting ready to talk Super Bowl here. Super Bowl time is here. Uh, the If not the biggest sporting event coming up this Sunday. Yeah, it, it's definitely one of the biggest ones. Uh, my one of my favorites. I know it's one of your favorites. Definitely, your Big football. Time. You're an NFL fan. This is the biggest event of the season. What everybody waits for. Uh, it'll be a 5:30 kickoff. Uh, it'll be the Niners who are 12 and five taking on the Chiefs who are 11 and six. Niners are two and a half point favorites over the Chiefs right now. We're gonna look at some of the storylines heading into the Super Bowl before we talk about it. Uh, opening night for Super Bowl 58 was last night. Uh, they had Bruce Buffer, the the ring announcer for the UFC, introduce the teams, and that, that was chaotic. Uh, it was a lot of fun, especially if you love Bruce Buffer. So uh, if you have not listened to that, I, I definitely think you need to go online and go find that because that is one thing to definitely enjoy and get you hyped up for the game. If I was a Chiefs player, I was ready to run through a wall with his, <laughs> in, with his introduction, especially for the Niners as well. Um, so that, that is definitely something to make sure you listen to and go back to look at if you have not already. Uh, three players for the Chiefs on the injury report. Joe Tooney is a long shot to play. Andrew Reid was at the at the uh, podium early today, and he was asked about some injuries on the team. So Joe Tooney is a long shot to play. Kadarius Tony. Kadarius. He is practicing and is questionable, so it's looking more and more likely like Kadarius Tony will actually play in the Super Bowl. Uh, and then Jarek McKinnon, who's been out for majority of the year, is not practicing right now, and he only has a slim chance to play. So it's looking like the backs will be Pacheco and Clyde Edwards-Alaire for the Kansas City like Chiefs. Like always. Yeah, they'll be without Jarek McKinnon. Uh, the big story surrounding the 49ers is, is something that's not even a huge story. It's just the fact uh, it shows a almost somewhat favoritism, if you kind of think about it. But... Uh, Apparently, the uh, the Niners are practicing at UNLV's practice field, and the Kansas City Chiefs are practicing at the Las Vegas Raiders uh, indoor practice facility. And the Niners uh, had a soft field. They had a little bit of a soft field, so softer than it's supposed to be. So it was bad field conditions. But Kyle Shanahan says that he's going to continue to uh, he's going to continue to practice on that field. Uh, and the only reason I bring this up is because last year we talked all about how terrible the field was, how it was hard for players to get grip. They couldn't grip into the ground and push off with their cleats. They kept slipping and sliding everywhere. Uh, and so that's what makes it a big uh, thing to talk about because Chiefs are playing on a field from the Raiders, which is the home team of the stadium they're playing the Super Bowl at so that'll be easier for them to kind of get acclimated to their playing conditions plus that's a conference team so they've played at the Raiders multiple times they played them already at this season so this is the second time they'll be visiting Allegiant Stadium uh, I believe the Niners played the Raiders but I think it was in San Francisco I believe so I mean I, I can check back in, uh, in uh, check back on that but I believe it was in uh, San Francisco and I believe the 49ers got the win there yeah so it'll be the Niners are going to schedule to practice on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Uh, they'll get Saturday off, and then they play Sunday. Uh, so first practice will be tomorrow for the Niners and Chiefs. And everything's looking like this is going to be a great game 
You know, injuries don't seem too much. I mean, Tooney being out for the Chiefs is going to suck for them. I mean, that, that loses a lineman, so that'll be tough, especially with that huge, uh, amazing defensive line from the Niners. Uh, Bosa, Chase Young, Fred Warner, Trey Greenlaw. I mean, then the list of names goes on. But, uh, and then... You know, you gotta wonder with Kadarius Tony play, <laughs> playing. Kadarius, uh, what's gonna happen for the uh, the Chiefs? Are they gonna be actually be able to catch the football? <laughs> um, uh, I'm. I'll tell you, if for 40, uh, 49ers fans out there, I'm pretty sure they want a, a direct recap of the uh, uh, Lions and Chiefs Week One game all over again. So <laughs> that they definitely do. Speaking of Kadarius Tony. <laughs> Kadarius Tony. Oh, jeez. That man was on, uh, he went on Instagram. Wild. Uh, he definitely was getting a little wild. Uh, his comments, apparently the, his profanity-filled rant was not directed at Kansas City. Except, instead, it was directed towards the fans of the New York Giants, which I'm, I'm kind of confused he hasn't played for them in, what, two years? Yeah, he was literally on the Chiefs last year. So wh- why are we going after Giants fans when you haven't played there for two years and you've been injured? And no offense to Kadarius Tony or anything, but, man, I don't even – again, why would you be talking to Giants fans? I mean, they kind of have a reason to talk. You weren't even really that good. Yeah, this is – Kadarius's tweet uh, or his comment on the whole situation. He says, I never attacked the Chiefs, never said anything about the Chiefs. Who I was referring to was the Giants fans and the people in my comments, my comment box, not even on my live recording, so you wouldn't even know they were there. But I was referring to them, which I shouldn't have. I just wanted to go out there. I just wanted to get my message across as far as my injury, but I shouldn't have did that at the end of the day. I'm a man, and I can accept my mistakes just like I accept my wins. I'm just moving past that right now. We're trying to go out and trying to win the Super Bowl. So Kadarius is trying to move past his uh, very weirdly uh, timed Instagram rant over you know, fans who are trolling him about an injury. You know, that's his actually second rant, I think. Uh, previous, if you guys didn't know previously, uh, before the uh, ch- uh, cha- AFC Championship game, I think it was like, uh, may have been hours before the game. I couldn't remember, but um, he went on uh, Instagram Live, and you know, of course, it's like you could we couldn't even see him, but he was basically hear his voice in the background. He's saying, you know, oh, uh, I was the that injury that they said I had uh, was faked, um, and I was like, what? Is, I was like, what are what is going on? And I was like, this is so confusing. I don't, I can't understand what he's trying to do. I don't know if this is just publicity for him or if he's just trying to set off a bunch of fans. I mean, I no, don't know exactly. And Andy Reid, with that in mind of what happened on that that Instagram live, where you heard his voice, Andy, that prompted Andy Reid. He had to go and declare to the media that there that his injury is not made up by any means and it is actually real. Uh, so, you know, it's. It's stuff like this that kind of takes away from the game, and it it pulls your confidence away. Uh, Not even your confidence, but maybe your focus. The Chiefs should be focusing on a Super Bowl practice. Tony should be focusing on a Super Bowl practice and getting ready for the game. Instead, he's talking about a fake injury. to uh, uh, Not even a fake injury. He's talking about fake things with Giants fans. That's not your concern right now. Your concern is getting ready and making sure you're healthy for the game. 
yeah, I I don't understand what he's trying to do here. I mean, I and you know this is coming from a few. I mean, let's be real. Chiefs fans don't. I don't. I think as of right now, don't really care for him. And uh, no one, no one in the league really seems to care for him at all. Um, I mean, of course we're talking about him, but he's kind of. I mean, I had to tell, I had to say this, but he's kind of like clowning right now. That's basically what he's doing. He's just trying to clown a bunch of NFL fans. Oh, 100%. So. That's exactly what he's doing. So, with that in mind, we're going to kind of look past that now as we try to get past Kadarius Tony. We'll talk about some of the other things about the Super Bowl. We got some performances in the Super Bowl that I'm looking forward to. Uh, as we all know, Usher is the Super Bowl <laughs> halftime show. Uh, the other thing, uh, apparently he's been he's going to be bringing some guests with him. Uh, I don't know who that is. I'm hoping that's going to be some really cool guests. We've seen some cool guests every once in a while, like how uh, Kendrick Lamar was featured in the uh, Super Bowl halftime show with Snoop Dogg and Eminem and all of them. That's it's wild and. You yeah. know, and then uh, the national anthem will be sung by Reba McIntyre, and then America the Beautiful will be performed by Post Malone, uh, and then Andra Day will sing Lift Every Voice and Sing, and then for my people who are on TikTok, uh, the TikTok tailgate, Gwen Stefani will be performing. So, <laughs> uh, you know, there are a lot of cool performances going to be happening this year, Um and that's what that's this is what sparks my next question for you. Xander, speaking on performances, what is in your opinion the best Super Bowl halftime show you have watched? Ooh, man, that is a tough one. I mean, in the past there has been so many good ones and uh, there's there's been some in and outs here, but you know what? I I'm gonna I think with the question here is I'm gonna stay way more recent instead of trying to go way back, uh, b- before I was even born. Um, so I'm gonna try to stay. Well, yeah, a little you bit have more. to have watched I, it. I mean, yeah, I was gonna say. I I mean, I've seen replays of maybe like '90s performances, but it's not. You know, I can't really comment a lot about that because you know I didn't you know see that on TV in person. So, um, I'm gonna. So as of right now, and this might sound a little bit strange. I my so far my favorite. Super Bowl halftime show, and it was really close. I was going to pick Super Bowl Fifty Seven with Snoop Dogg and Eminem. I mean, for sure. And, and the and when Kendrick Lamar came out there and Fifty Cent. I mean, uh, oh, oh my. Fifty Six Super Bowl Fifty Six was that? Oh, one. was it? Oh, was that Fifty Six? Because this is Fifty Eight, and oh, last year my was bad. Rihanna. Whoops. See, too many Super Bowls, man. <laughs> it's hard to keep track. Okay, no, you're good. Uh, yeah, Super Bowl Fifty Six. But I'm gonna actually go with the. Um, I believe this was Super Bowl. See again, I'm getting, I think Super Bowl Fifty One, Fifty One with the uh, Patriots and Falcons. I'm gonna go with Lady Gaga. Okay. I, I'm a Lady Gaga person, and um, I think the Super Bowl halftime show and the controversy of her jumping off that roof when she actually didn't. But um, I like that. I actually did, and it, uh, my mom liked that one too, and it's for sure one of her favorite ones. And I'm gonna go with that for now. Yeah, you and my girlfriend would agree, Lady Gaga. <laughs> that's you guys' thing. Uh, in my opinion, I actually think the best. Okay, so I've seen a Super Bowl halftime performance in person. It wasn't my favorite, but the one I saw in person was the Maroon Five Travis Scott one with the thirteen to three Super Bowl uh, Patriots win. I was at that Super Bowl when it was Rams Patriots and the Patriots won. Tom Brady went in a his final ring with the Pats. Um, but no, my favorite. I mean. 
I don't want to say there's a tie, but there's a tie, buddy. And it's between J-Lo and Shakira <laughs> and Rihanna from last year because I'm a huge Rihanna fan, and she killed it last year. I just wish she kind of brought on a few guests with her. So I'm interested yeah. to see who they bring out this year. Um, is anybody betting on Taylor Swift performing in the halftime show? I think there should be a bet out there. I mean, like, it it would just make complete – but here's the thing is that wouldn't make any sense bringing her out there. Dude, if she Th- comes out, then we all know the NFL is actually scripted. This whole thing would be honestly <laughs> scripted. I mean, it's Usher performing, and he hasn't even done a feature or anything with Taylor Swift it would make zero sense for her to go out here and just like wouldn't it be weird if she's like Usher doing you know yeah yeah you know that that song just, yeah, and, yeah 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 and, and then all and of a baby sudden, now we got bad, bad blood, blood. Like, and it's like it's like what it's like what am I listening to you're listening uh, to Taylor a, Swift like, take over the Super Bowl I mean. There's, there's, the cult of the Swifties has taken over the NFL. But, like, and here's the other thing is, like, it honestly would not shock me either way if she actually came out there. Because I'd be oh, like, I know. scripted. And I'd be like, that is scripted. No way. No, she'll be sitting in her in her suite, and then she just randomly just comes out of a microphone. The, the lights shut, sh- shine over to her, and she starts just dropping bars. Bars, and, and it's like, what the? It's like, like all right, all righty. No, it's, I mean, if you look if, at Usher's, like, what if she what if she previews one of her new songs of the album coming out in April? I mean, I, that's not gonna happen. I but, mean, you if know. you look at Usher and the people he is. He has worked with. I mean, I'm literally hoping to see Lil John and Ludacris come on out there. That would be insane. That would be great. I'd love to see. I mean, Will I Am could come on out there. He's collabed with Usher a few times. Usher actually just announced a tour today too. So, oh well, there you go. Uh, you know, I'm assuming whoever comes out with him will be on that tour with Usher. Uh, that would be my, uh, you know, my thought. But uh, let's. Move on away from halftime performances. I like I said, Rihanna was one of my favorites, and you loved Lady Gaga one. Uh, next one I'll ask you is what is a, what in your opinion who has the best Super Bowl commercials? And I'll go first this time since I made you go first last time. All right. Uh, I believe that Doritos has the best Super Bowl commercials. They always have something absolutely wild. And if it's not that. I think it was that M&M's commercial from a few years ago where, like, something bad would happen, and then they would, like, reach out and give the M&M's, and like, sorry, and they'll try to get you to forgive them with a pack of M&M's. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, it, this one's always tough because each year there's, like, and no offense to the commercials, but they've kind of declined a little they bit. They have. I mean, they really haven't You're been that wrong. good. They're not They really haven't been as good, although I have seen a few previews for some of the commercials. I'm kind of interested to see that State Farm commercial with Dude, uh, the Paramount Plus commercials have been oh, absolutely so amazing good. so far. Dude, the Paramount, let me tell you, speaking of Paramount Plus, that commercial they did where they had Mr. Garvey uh, with uh, doing the substitute teacher thing with oh, all the yeah. characters laughed. Literally laughed the whole thing. It was hilarious. They tried to get Tua to throw Arnold from Hey Arnold. That was something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so I'm excited to see what they're going to bring to the table during this Super Bowl. But yeah. uh, uh, if I were to go with my go-to ad, and I always get a lot of heat for this one, but I honestly didn't think it was too bad. Now, the ending was a little bit dumb, but... You know what? The one thing, the one commercial that hyped me up, and I actually didn't think it was too bad, was the Mr. Peanuts commercial. Remember that whole ad campaign where it was like, oh, Mr. Peanuts, done. 
Yeah, where he died and then he just came back. And then he just comes back as a baby, and that was their new thing. And I was like, okay, the baby thing I hated, but the promotion that came up before that, I was like, man, that was really really like that was that was something well, really what about um what about mountain dew's puppy monkey baby you are know, you kidding me you remember puppy monkey baby yes i do that, that was, was something that was something i couldn't believe what i was watching I i'm was gonna like, be so honest little little me had nightmares of puppy monkey baby oh me while. too i was like the, the the worst part is that thing was stuck in my head for a week puppy monkey I, baby i i couldn't i could <laughs> it was ridiculous <laughs> i mean this it horrors like nightmares, just complete nightmares. And oh yeah, I, I mean, there, there's there's a few other commercials I could bring up, and th- th- that was kind of back in their age where they were still pretty good. Yeah. But they're slowly starting to decline. But hey, new year, new Super Bowl, hoping for the best, and maybe you know we'll get another good commercial that has nothing to do with Puppy Monkey Baby. Maybe we'll get lucky and get an EA Sports uh, college I'm football hoping, man. commercial. I'm, I'm praying. I've never prayed for anything more in my life, man. That's what I'm hoping for. Uh, last thing before we get into our predictions, which I know a lot of people have been anticipating. I know one guy out there is anticipating uh, specifically who we both pick, and we know we'll be talking to him very shortly after Oh, we'll this. be talking to him uh, tomorrow. So Exactly. But um, the last thing I want to talk about, you and I will, will be going to a watch party. I thought originally we were going to go to Kansas City for a watch party, uh, no, uh, the university is actually having their own watch party, and, and I find it funny because they are calling it Taylor's Boyfriend's Big Game Watch Party. That is the Ooh. title of the game, of our watch party here. Uh, I'd rather them just call it the Super Bowl Watch Party. Um, I don't I listen? I understand why they have to put Taylor Swift at this and this. Thing, I mean, it draws a crowd. It draws. Of it's going to draw a crowd, and now all of a sudden, like that, the the students are going to be completely filled. Um, oh, we'll be there. Oh, we'll be there, and uh, I'll say I will be rooting for a team that many people won't be, uh, won't agree with during uh, the game. I do, but, I do know uh, that. Well, well, we'll get to that here in a few yeah, minutes. We'll, we'll get to that in a few minutes. Uh, Xander, speaking of watch parties, what is your go-to watch party food? So anytime you have a Super Bowl watch party, what do you have to have? One thing. Uh-huh. Wings. That, there you go. Wings. See, attaboy. We are in Missouri. There, you have to get not only just wings. I mean, I guess barbecue in general. Barbecue's great, but the wings uh, is just fantastic. It, you just can't go wrong with this. And uh, also, quickly, uh, breaking news. We just saw here on SportsCenter on ESPN. Jose Altuve has just agreed a five-year, $125 million extension. So, good thing for the Astros. I'm not a super fan of him, but I think I he's. I, I hate the Astros, but I think Jose Altuve was one of the few that actually didn't cheat. So, I, I think. I mean, I still yeah, don't like him. We'll but see. Well, we'll see. Anyways, uh, that just happened so, about like five minutes. Anyway, ago. wings for you. For me, honestly, I definitely agree with you, but there's one thing I always have to have as well. Not only do you have to have wings, you gotta have. You gotta have chips and dip, man. Oh yeah, oh, big I, time. I have a good, like cheese bean dip, like a bean dip. That, that sounds absolutely amazing, dude. I'm gonna try to make it for the game. I have to get all the rest. I I just have to figure out if I can get access to a kitchen. Not only if here. you can get access to a kitchen, as a college student, please cook like decently or cook well. <laughs> I mean, I definitely I, can do that. All right, all right. Well, that's good because I can't really say the same for myself. I mean, I'm always. Uh, I, let's just say I'm not the culinary expert. Yeah, eh, eh, leave that to me. But <laughs> now I'm hopefully gonna 
make some of my bean dip because I love having it, especially for big games. And I have it every year for the Super Bowl, so I need that. Um, and I know you and I will make sure that we have wings, maybe some pizzas, you know, go all out, have a lot of fun watching the game. I also another thing you got to mention: you always have to have got to have some sweets, got to have a cupcake, got to have some cupcakes, a oh, cookie cake. You got to have something. Let me tell you one thing: I always go to Super Bowl parties, and the one thing I love, and it's completely underrated, by the way. Yeah, sugar cookies. Sugar That's cookies so true. are so good, and they're like really—they're not that expensive too. They're—I like, haven't had a good sugar cookie in a while. Yeah, it's been I, a while. I, I say in our next Super Bowl coming up here uh, on Sunday, we should look for those at the grocery store. I think we definitely should. Well, folks, it's that time. It's time to talk about the NFL Super Bowl. We're gonna give our predictions. So. Xander, you, you hinted towards it earlier that you'll be rooting for a team that not a lot of people in, are going to agree with you with. So I want you to give me your score prediction. So who's going to win, the score, and who's winning Super Bowl MVP? <sighs> okay. Chiefs fans out there, I'm sorry. This is coming from a Chargers fan's. Chargers fans perspective. And I will be sounding a little bit like a Stephen A. Smith take. Uh, I mean, take. Yeah. You're going to lose. I No way. 49ers are coming in there. There there it is with the California music. I love that. That is my jam right there. Uh, there's no way. I think the 49ers are going in there. They're going to be feeling confident. And, yes, the Chiefs, the Chiefs you may have a great – you may have a, a good uh, defense with Snead and Chris Jones, but the – the, the, the utilities that the 49ers bring is just completely unmatched. George Kettle, Elijah Mitchell, Jawan Jennings. I could keep going. Debo Samuel, Christian oh, McCaffrey. How do you even stop this team? And I get Brock Purdy may not be the best QB in the league, but he is really proving himself out there. And in my humble opinion, I don't see a any scenario that the Chiefs will win another Super Bowl. So I'm going to go with the 49ers for the win. I'm going to go. It will be a close game, though. I will give it to the Chiefs. It will be a close game. You know how Patrick Mahomes plays. But I think the final score of the game, I'm going to go 37-31. And I think that the MVP of this game is either going to be George Kettle or probably Brock Purdy. Uh, I take that back. Maybe not Brock Purdy, but Christian McCaffrey might be in there, too. There you go. I was going to say, if you're going to pick uh, a Niners player to win the, the MVP, you got to put McCaffrey in the question because you know he's going to do something in the game. Uh, and All right, we'll get to mine real quick. Buddy, I've been struggling all week trying to figure this out. It, it really is tough, though. I mean, like, I, of course, I'm always going to like root against the Chiefs, so that's why. I, but I legitimately do think that the 49ers will win. But I'm not well, I think they have the advantage. The I, I think the, the the Niners have somewhat of an advantage because they have not had to travel far. Uh, they're close, and so and it's easier for their fans to travel to Vegas to uh, see them play in this Super Bowl. Now, reminder: this is a rematch. We had this Super Bowl in 2019 of Chiefs and Niners, where the Chiefs would have taken it. They played that Super Bowl in Miami. Uh, this year it is in Vegas at the Raiders Stadium. You know, NFL did a simulation on Madden for the game. 
They had the Chiefs beating the 49ers in the Super Bowl. They've had them winning 30-28. to 28. Last year, the Sim predicted the Eagles to beat the Chiefs, and the Chiefs won. This year, they predicted the Chiefs to beat the Niners. Will, will history write itself again? Will the, will the Niners win because the simulation picked the Chiefs? I never trust the simulations. It says that Pat's gonna Pat Mahomes will take home the MVP. Is Pat too worried about his dad getting, getting a DUI? Uh I, I mean, I don't know. But again, I don't trust the simulations at all. Yeah, I don't either. But I think that's a kind of no offense to like I get what they're trying to do. It's uh, a little yeah. stupid. It I is. mean it, it's wait to the real game. Just wait to the real game. None of none of that other stuff really matters. So my opinion, this game will be a forty to 28 game and I have good old Red Kingdom Kansas City taking home their second straight Super Bowl title give me the Kansas City Chiefs Listen, 40 to 28 Chiefs win is my opinion, and I'm going to say that the person taking home the MVP is going to be Travis Kelsey. I think he's going to have a monster game. Well, Trey, I think for the rest of the week, I am going to persuade you to choose otherwise. Okay. Well, I'll keep my options open for now. I'll, I'll think, but as of right now, 5.56 p.m. on Tuesday night, I'm taking the Chiefs in a 40 to 28 game. I really think as much as you know it's going to be tough cuz they got to play that they got to play against that amazing defensive line of the Niners. They got a huge defense. I mean their entire team is stacked and that's the thing. Uh the thing that I believe is going to be the advantage is two things. One, the the Chiefs play at that stadium uh every season. So uh, I believe this is the second year of Allegiant being open. Um, is it still one of the newer stadiums in the National Football League? Correct. Um, so, though this is their this is like their second time playing. That I mean, they've this will be their third time playing in that stadium, I believe. Um, and so, you know, I really think that that's going to help them. I mean, they're used to that environment. They're used to being in the Super Bowl. They were in the Super Bowl last year. They were. I mean, they've played in what? Five out of the last six, I think. I, I believe you're right there. Five so, out of the last six. I mean, these things. I mean, these things all add up, and I really think it's going to come down to that. That the Chiefs are just—they know this stadium, and the other thing is they have so much experience. Yes, the Niners have been in it, but there's some guys there that I don't trust. I don't trust Brock Purdy in that moment, and so. Give me Patrick Mahomes, who I can trust in a big moment. Give me Travis Kelsey to make a play. Sure, their receivers will be a little iffy here and there, but they've had they've dealt with that all season long. So, like I said, Chiefs win. Yeah. 40-28. Give me Kansas City, baby. Hail to the Chiefs. But, ladies and gentlemen, that'll wrap us up today from Coast to Coast. Next week, we're going to preview... Uh, next week, we'll recap the Super Bowl. 
talk what we thought the best commercial was, preview the NBA All-Star Game. We're going to start getting into more Major League Baseball talk as it gets closer to spring training. Um, but once again, Xander picks the Niners 37-31 with Kittle or Christian McCaffrey winning the MVP. And I'm taking the Kansas City Chiefs 40-28 to with Travis Kelsey being the MVP. But once again, my name is Trey Bettler. And I am Xander Kobold. You've been listening to KCOU 88.1 FM. Coast to coast, baby. And ladies and gentlemen, you got to fight for your right to party. Go Chiefs.